Hi, everybody. This is Tom Harrison and Ken Krogh. Today, we've got Cheryl Snap Connor with our Eternal Core podcast and vidcast series. Cheryl's one of my favorite people, and she consented to be part of this little project that's getting bigger all the time. And I wanted all of you to get to know Cheryl because she's done a very remarkable um, series of, of writing investigations into the mental health industry from a whole new perspective. And uh, tell us about that story. I mean, her article she wrote is it 11 million views. 11.3 million views. Oh my gosh! What an experience. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'll back up a little beyond that. There's a concept called thought leadership. Maybe that sounds like jargon, but yeah, there fact, it is let's... possible for executives and lay citizens to become writers and columnists these days. The internet makes it possible. Of course, that doesn't necessarily mean you should. But you can. Yeah. And that Tom's so, dipped his toe in the water yes. of thought leadership with his ebook recently. So. Well, so there you go. Yeah. So that's an important phenomena and a medium that didn't exist um, before maybe five, ten years ago. Wow, yeah. And for all of us to get that opportunity to participate, well, what that meant was that we've had instant audience available. And thanks to the innovation that started with Forbes, but pretty much all publications are doing it now, you can see how many people have read and responded to your article. Yes. The comment strings, where, where they exist, can really go crazy, but isn't that an excellent source of feedback Absolutely. on what you've and said? Feedback is the breakfast of champions it is. in digital marketing. It is. Feedback eats advertising for lunch. Yes. So <laughs> we've had that opportunity... And in some of the things that we've written, uh, one in particular that I wrote was about mental strength, which really pertains to the project upcoming. Yes. That was the one that resonated so much, it's now approached 11.3 million views. Incredible. Five years later, yeah. it's still going. The long tail is an amazing thing. Yeah, and, and maybe we can light that long tail up again. Who knows? <laughs> so tell us the story. How did it come about? Well, when I first began writing for Forbes, it was actually not because I aspired to so much as that I was working with enough of my clients that I discovered something interesting, that once they would see that masthead, that Harvard Business Review or Forbes, something would happen. It would just kind of catch them. Yeah. And they would suddenly sound like somebody else and be very, very self-conscious. And the things that they were willing to communicate and write would become softer and gentler and less applicable or interesting to the readers that it's meant yeah. to support. So that was interesting. And there was this series in this phase of what I kind of jokingly call heartfelt tributes to business partners, to teams, and all those were fine for them, but not that but interesting no to yeah. the public right. at large. Right. Well, I read an article. It was actually passed by someone on social media by Amy Morin. She's a licensed clinical therapist from a tiny town, Lincoln, Maine. But she wrote about some points of mental strength, the 13 thing mentally strong people don't do. Well, that compelled me. I look at them, and they spoke to my heart the way they had emerged from hers. My thought instantly was entrepreneurs have got to hear this. Yes. So I quoted the 13 points which I came to find out later, for 10,000 readers, that would have been fine. For 11.3 million, it's a little bit of a derivative article, and, and in hindsight, probably should have done an original interview with her. But I did give full citation. I wrote my thinking on each of the 13 yes. points as to how it would apply to entrepreneurs. 
got this picture of her, put it up, put the citation, pressed publish, and it started to take off like a rocket. And then did what I customarily did in situations like that and sent an email immediately afterwards and said, Amy, I quoted your points. I'm so taken by them. Here's the article. I hope you love it. I hope I've cited you the way you'd like to be cited. If not, let me know. Is this the picture you prefer? Have I got your title correct? And she was very gracious. She was very honored. And it took off and took off and took off. Uh, bottom line, pretty soon, she was on the Glenn Beck Show. Yes. Twice. I was called out by Rush Limbaugh, and he gave us both credit. We actually, as that started to grow, we presented it collaboratively because her points were in it to an extent. We really, for accuracy, we needed to represent it that yes, way. That I was remember. accurate. Yeah. We met face-to-face -face in New York and went on the Fox Business Show. Then we went to Forbes Video. She began writing her own columns for Forbes and a few others, but Forbes namely. And that took off with such a life that people around the world were making little posters, things you could tape on your mirror. One gentleman even developed a course around it. Well, that was too much use of her intellectual property, so he backed up and, and became one of her most avid supporters. But we even joke that the people who tend to kind of mirror popular articles, you know you've made it when they start copying your article. Yeah. All of that happened. Plagiarism was one of the greatest forms of flattery. You know, and there are ways to almost plagiarize, but not quite. Yeah, yeah. And there are people who do that. So I know that well, actually. Anyway, yeah. too well. But, yep. but the points were the important ones. And while people were giving both of us credit and saying, you've cracked the code, you know how to make an article go viral, honestly, uh, the article was probably a key reason that Forbes offered me my own book. And I did a Forbes ebook. It's not still in print, although I have many copies of it. I did copy it, hard copy as well. In fact, we have a copy right here. You have here. a copy here. It. Yeah, Beyond A chapter PR. of that book, I, I wanted to call it Beyond Words, but Forbes felt otherwise, so oh well. When, we when go. I go to with my own publisher, it'll be Beyond Words. <laughs> That's exciting. That's exciting. There you go. But one of the chapters talks about that experience of that article, and statistically you can understand what is more likely to make an article really take fire in this case, though, the principles resonated. They're what I'm going to be talking about in the upcoming keynote, that those 13 points, you can practice. You can strengthen them. Everybody can use them better. And yeah. in fact, anyone you speak to, regardless of their mental strength abilities, you'll know right where they stand measured against these 13 characteristics. So I'll leave that as a teaser, but that's what caused the article to go so crazy wild. And even I remember the, the, the headline was a bit of a, not quite a double negative, but it was like immediately you read it, you're thinking, okay, I've got to compare myself. How do, I, how do I do on these areas of mental toughness? Why do you think people, why is that such an important question for themselves? Well, I think there are a couple of reasons that we all know and value physical health. It's tangible and you can see it. And in fact, her photo on her article was somebody flexing that you can make muscles grow. You can understand that. So it's a really effective metaphor yes. for mental toughness and mental strength. Also, the title in both cases, her title and the one I chose, mine was Mentally Strong People, The 13 Things They Avoid. Got it. If the article said 13 nice things they do, I'm sure it wouldn't have had nearly the impact. Isn't that amazing? A little bit of a avoidance or sky is falling, the things I really want to prevent at all costs made it more intriguing and then people were compelled as they started to see what the points are that 
wow, that's true. I get this. That resonates with me. And yeah. in, in her case, when she sat down and wrote it, and it's been magic for her, for her life, for her career. Yeah, her career's just taken off. Took off. She's this. done three books. Wow. Three books with Harper Collins. Mm -hmm. She charges, well, this was five years ago. She was charging $10,000 a speech. I have no Whoa. idea what her rate is now. I remember TED Talks and... All of those things. Yeah. So it really put her on the map for things that were valid and true. But her reason, she was not trying to connive or manipulate anything. They were heartfelt points. She had lost her first husband to cancer found happiness again she remarried very very happy in her marriage and then Wonderful. her father-in-law contracted cancer and it was in the throes of that horrible news that she sat down and wrote those points pretty much as fast as she could type them out because they were true and yes. they were personally applicable and then me looking at it it wasn't oh i could make this into a viral article it was entrepreneurs have got to hear this I remember how many that. companies would be stronger if they knew these points, if they followed these points, and you know, I'll tease a little bit more in terms of being able to be genuinely happy for other people's success. Yes. Not fearing failure. I mean, this was authenticity at its core. It was. Yeah, and, and, and that's somehow why it, it caught a, caught, the sail lifted and caught a wind and it just went to viral history. Well, and you know, too many people right now, and I'm sad to see it, just want to revel in victimhood. Yes. And this was the opposite. This was absolutely the opposite. I wish people would read it again. Every single one of them read it today and look at their own behaviors as they get up and broadcast news, as they go out on social media and, oh, now I've discovered even another depth of the way I've been victimized and here it is. And, yeah. You know, it, and that's not a path to healing. You said something not. remarkable. You said, the, you know, Amy, and, and you, the brain's like a muscle. I mean, you, if that's it was a tangible. physical exercise, and that's that's sort of Tom's background. Is uh -huh. you know he he's he's been talking that the, the brain has plasticity. It had, talk about that in relation to mental toughness and just learning some principles, learning a language. Well, there are certain parts of the brain that believes what we tell it, and if we keep telling that we're a victim, or if we keep saying I'm not going to move past this, or or I have this illness, or I have this and this, or whatever you're told, it will then hold on to it and then actually try and adhere to what you're telling it. Mm -hmm. But if we tell it, we need to get this out, or we need to change this, or we need to avoid this, then the brain has the ability to say, oh, you don't want that anymore. You don't want to do this behavior any longer. So what I will do is I will chuck it. I, I, will, mm -hmm. I will find another way to go about that behavior. Mm -hmm. and, and so many individuals don't realize that the brain has that profound capacity. And they don't realize that they are such a huge part in maintaining poor mental health poor mental function. Can I underscore that a few dozen times? <laughs> it is so true. We see so many people who are the source of their own challenge, the source of their own weakness, and they foster it, and they grow it, and they cause it to thrive, and it's exactly the opposite of what they want, or what mm. you want. Yeah. Well, they don't understand the business model that a lot of individuals get hooked in almost subconsciously, and that is I have a paying client here, and I want to maximize on that. And so almost subconsciously, it's 
let's keep them in this condition to a certain degree mm -hmm. so I can maintain this certain process. And, and please, there are a lot of good therapists out there that are not in that, but you still are looking at it from a business standpoint. And we need to move out of that and, and say, I am only temporary. I, as a therapist, am only temporary in your life. And I'm going to start your brain and your consciousness thinking differently. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to catch this new language. And by doing so, you're going to outgrow this process that you're in now. And pretty soon, you won't need me any longer. And won't that be wonderful? Or we'll move on to other concerns. Right. Then yes. you'll still need me, but think of the progress. Tony Robbins pointed out, and he was right, you can break a lifelong addiction in an instant. He absolutely right. And in fact, I did it. It resonated with me when I heard him say that. I used to drink so much Diet Coke, mm. it was like mm. I was mainlining it. And it is so bad for you. And I knew it, and still I did it. And I quit. Several times I quit. I made it four months one time. The other time I was on the plane back to Russia for a second international adoption. And by then I knew exactly what I was in for, off the wagon. But then I kept getting colds. I kept getting sick. And one of my dear friends, Jane Barlow Christensen, she is a specialist in herbal remedies. She said, Cheryl, you know what I do for a living and gave me some herbal drops. And she said, now most people are fine. I think you'll be fine. But perchance you break out in an itchy rash, it would mean that your liver has toxins in it. You're detoxing. Your skin is your biggest wow. organ. If that were to happen, don't go to the hospital. Don't take Benadryl. It's not an allergic reaction. The skin will take its process. I didn't think anything more about it. And a week later, I was in Phoenix to give a speech. And that night, I was getting ready to give the speech, and I saw a little bit of rash on my arm. I was like, ah, ha, ha, I know what that is. No worry. By the time I woke up the next morning, it was in my scalp. Whoa. I was covered. You know, I was really tempted to go run through the hotel lobby and yell bed bugs just for fun, but I didn't. <laughs> and it took weeks. Itchy. And I knew exactly what it was because I ate and eat a pretty clean diet. I knew where that toxin was coming from. Wow. And that physical manifestation and itching like that for weeks, I was cured. April 26, 2016. That's not another tough drug. right there. I mean, few people just say, I'm going to do it. And you did it. Well, Tony Robbins hmm. pointed out, he said there are conditions that have to be in effect for that to happen. A gating incident, so profound, like a little girl saying, Daddy, I see you smoking and it is making me so sad because you're not going to be there to walk me down the aisle. Wow. Like one incident powerful enough to just say I'm now repulsed mm -hmm. by that thing I've been doing. And the so second new was new perspective, replace the habit with something else. So I started drinking kombucha for a while and it's acquired taste, but obviously I've acquired I love it. it. But yeah. Three bottles a day for a while, then it was two, then I started looking at the carb count and thought, okay, one is my allocation. I still love it, but I don't need to have it nonstop anymore. Yeah. Water is fine. So those are the conditions. You are mentally stronger than you think. Every one of us is. If we would only use even a bigger fraction of our own power. Western medicine, the main focus is to treat symptoms. Mm -hmm. And we have gained that mindset as a society that if we have a system a, a symptom we need to create some cure to that so let's go get some benadryl because i'm itching mm -hmm. instead of looking at 
What, what made is that causing happen? it? But we've been taught to just treat the symptom, mm -hmm. not think, what is at the base of this symptom? What is creating this problem? And I, that's a wonderful example. Because if we can look at what's creating it, and then our bodies, again, can move past it and not, not have to treat the symptom. Because the symptom is saying, there's something wrong with an organ, or there's something going on here, and let's try and figure out what it is that is creating this problem. Most of us don't do that. We just say, I'm having this symptom. Yeah. I need How to treat I it immediately. It? Yeah. And most of us, you know, we treat all those symptoms with either caffeine or sugar. You so know. we self-medicate. Yeah. Yep. Sugar right here. Yeah. <laughs> and a lot of people think, well, sugar, sugar, you know. All, in medical school, you're taught that all food breaks down mm -hmm. to be sugars. But... <laughs> Then we think, well, then, you know, I can eat as much sugar as I want. No, you know, I, I, I think if we really understood sugar, oh. especially the sugar, all the different sugars that are, that are in things. We'd I stay would, away. My wife has been ill, and uh, she, was, she had a really sore throat, and I was making um, some wassail that we bought mm -hmm. at Trader Joe's. And I looked at the ingredient. The first ingredient was sugar. The second ingredient was apple juice or fructose. The third ingredient was sugar. Bottled sugar. So basically, what she was doing is drinking hot sugar. And I thought, there's got to be something better gotta here. Got to be better. Yeah. Then sugar, well, sugar, and sugar. it's sad, you know. We self-medicate. And we with, love Trader Joe's, by the way. Oh, we do too. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, with uh, too much shopping or calling up our friends and complaining, yeah. you know, all of the things we do to self-medicate. That if if we just read the principles once a day, just to remind ourselves what a great difference. Has it, would it had make. an impact on you? Oh, huge. Yeah. Huge. Talk about it. Um, those principles resonate even more. And seeing how much and hearing the stories come forward from people, that just instilled them deeper and deeper into my own psyche so that they became far more second nature or far easier to catch yourself. If you know what the principles of mental strength are and you're not exhibiting it, oops, that's obvious. You know, if you're miring in the past, if you fear failure, if you do these things that are, you know, black and white, yeah. It's pretty easy to tell. Are you, am I on the platform or am I not? And if I tend to fall off the platform, which side do I tend to skew to? That's interesting information. That's data yeah. I can work with to improve. Right. But thinking I need to avoid those is very different than thinking, oh, those are normal reactions. Because I, the majority of people that I've worked with over the years, they look at those 13 points and they think, uh, uh, that's just kind of a normal reaction, mm -hmm. and everybody does it. So what are we telling our brain? This is normal. Keep going. It's okay. Keep going in that same path. Instead of, there is another way of looking at it, yeah. and I can avoid it. I don't need to go there. Yes. And when we do that, so then red flags go up, and they say, am I doing that again? Why do I keep doing that? You know, what can I do differently? What can I add to my routine that is different than those behaviors? How can I alert my friends and those who love me and say, if I start to do this, will you just stop me? That social reinforcement is a big deal as well. It is. 
if you put it in your handbag, if you put it on your laptop as a screensaver, yeah. if you hang it somewhere in your office, that's a reminder and also manifest to everyone around you, this is what I stand for. So if you catch me doing something contrary, I'm, I'm not behaving in integrity. Right. And, and if you catch me going there, you're going to read that differently because now I don't do that anymore. Mm. Now I go a different direction. And that doesn't mean I don't like you. That doesn't mean I don't want to include you. But if you want to bring those things back into my structured life, no thank you. Mm -hmm. I, I have now sworn off on that. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's like Diet Coke. If I handed you a Diet Coke, you probably wouldn't react the way you did before you had the itchy mitchies. You know, you would, you would I now... I would savor it. Oh, thank you. There were even clients. I'd walk into a room and they'd silently put one in front of me. Oh, I guess buddy. knowing it would put... They were trying to be gracious or <laughs> oh. wanted me to be in a better mood. I don't know, but no more. A lot we, of life's lessons. We maintain those, and in maintaining those structures, we limit our body, our body system, and our brain. Yeah. And we don't know that we're limited because when we lose capacities, the brain doesn't go, oh, you're losing capacities. It just goes, oh, we have to adjust to new non-capacities or incapacities. Mm -hmm. And so we can just keep eliminating capacities and then pretty soon all we can do is get up and sit in our comfortable chair and watch television. Or we can then stop those behaviors and then those capacities start to return or we say, oh, I'm thinking clearer. I, I'm, not, I'm doing things differently than I used to. And it's I'm enjoying my life right, more than right. I used to. I feel more fulfilled. And I'm having freedom. I talked to an individual just two days ago who is limiting sugar mm -hmm. from their life. And she said, I cannot believe how much better I feel. Wow. I sleep better. Mm -hmm. I think better. My relationships are better. You know, I, I just don't go after it. But, and before, it was automatic. I did it without even thinking. But now I look at a cookie in a very different way than I, look at, mm -hmm. than I used to look at a cookie. Well, I can, I can vouch for that. Cheryl, thank you for spending some thank time you. with us today. This is Cheryl Snap Connor. Uh, she runs a, a one of the best and biggest PR firms here in the state of Utah. And uh, I got to know her years ago uh, when she invited me to get involved in thought leadership. Mm -hmm. When I was at InsideSales.com, we, we worked together uh, for several years doing uh, thought leadership articles for Forbes. And uh, just to finish up, if you, if you missed the early part, she wrote an article in conjunction with this wonderful lady here, Amy, uh, where she took some of Amy's concepts expanded them into an article and it went viral that changed the whole course of, of Amy's career of life and got picked up around the country. So Cheryl's going to be with us at the conference at the end of March, March 29th and 30th. Tom and I hosting Eternal Core. Cheryl will be one of the speakers there. Thanks today for joining us, Cheryl. Thank, Thank you, you so, so much. much. And she's going to tell you all the inside scoop about how to be mentally tough. <laughs>